Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard. And we are back, and so are the Ducks. We're going to go over their first uh, about two weeks here of action. Uh, Eddie and I did a little uh, season preview on the last show. On this one, we're going to go through some of the games. We're going to talk about some of the good things the Ducks are doing, uh, some of the not-so-good things the Ducks are doing. We're going to look at some of the players, too. Uh, some players are doing well, and, and again, some aren't doing so well. There's some more Ducks uh, trade rumor news to go over as well. And plenty of fan questions. You guys really loaded it up uh, this time around. So we'll try to get to as many of those as possible. And, of course, going into the league news. So so right now, at the time of recording the show, the Ducks are 2-3-1. Um, they started out the season at home. Um, you know, the surprise, you know, if you didn't already catch it, was McTavish made the team. Um, he actually started in the Ducks' uh, you know home opener game against Winnipeg. He scored in this game, and you know the Ducks started out the season uh, pretty well at home. They beat the Jets four to one. They were outshot in this game, but uh, overall good performance. Like we said, we had uh, Shattenkirk starting the scoring. McTavish got a goal. Um, Henrique in there. Uh, Raquel, we had power play goals. That's another thing that the Ducks have been doing well this season. They've, they've scored six power play goals in six games. Uh, power play goals in every single game. They had two to start this one off off the bat for the season. But uh, good start for the Ducks. Eddie, uh, you know, other than being outshot, they, they, they played a pretty decent game in their home slash season opener. Yeah, it, it was really cool seeing McTavish actually crack the lineup. Uh, I think he was inserted because Max Jones was ill that day, so he got uh, his crack in the lineup, and he scores. He, he scores a goal. It was like one of those games you'd love to see. It, it was a good game, besides the Ducks getting outshot, and besides them allowing their goaltender John Gibson to get ran into a few times. It, it was a good game. Yeah, uh, I, I, it's funny because I, I can't recall the last time the Ducks lost a home opener. Like, I, I, I think the last few times I, I went to the games, they were all wins. So. For some reason, the Ducks always play well in, uh, in their first game back at home after the offseason. So it was good to see them get that win and, and definitely get to see those power play goals come up. Yeah, the Ducks power play, we'll be talking about that throughout the show, uh, has been doing extremely well this season. They're uh, clicking at 33%. Uh, you remember they used to be like the worst or close to worst the last couple seasons. Uh, a lot of coaching changes, right? Everybody except Dallas Akins. And so far, so good, at least with the special teams, right? Uh, they've been doing much, much better. Uh, two goals to start out this one. Um, you also uh, had uh, Adam Henrique getting his 400th career point in this game. Um, you start seeing Shattenkirk picking up. He was leading the Ducks in scoring at one point in this two weeks, which is which crazy. Uh, of course, Raquel is now leading the way. But um, a good start for the Ducks, other than I didn't, you know, the one thing I didn't like, Eddie, was uh, you touched on it is Gibson getting hit he actually uh, got injured could not play in the Ducks second game against the Wild the Ducks did play the Jets later on in this two-week stint and they're actually going to play them again coming up this next week and they're going to be done they're playing the Jets three times October and that's it they're done for the season uh, the one thing I did not like is I, I felt like you know somebody should have delivered more of a message to cop um, you know, he, he ran into Gibson, whether you think it's incidental or not, or on purpose, I don't really care. I, I felt like he could have held up a little bit 
And it just seemed like the Ducks didn't do too much with him in this game or later on. I, I don't know. I just I, I kind of missed that. I didn't really see anybody go chirp at him or really hit him that hard or anything. I don't know if you, you saw something this game or the other game against the Jets, but that's one part I, I kind of wish the Ducks would have a little bit more of because besides D'Lo in this lineup, you just don't really have that element. I think he had Grant going up there and chirping to him a little bit, but like, like no one really went and did anything for that. And that's just a, that's just the second time your goalie got hit that game. The first time, Pierre Luc Dubois did it, and Gibson went and ended up like headlocking him, like putting him in a headlock. This one, like 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 whether or not if it was intentional or or, or anything, he still hits your your goaltender. It's a second player that's hitting your goaltender. Like that just sends a message to the Jets team, like, oh, hey, you, you know what? It's fair game. Go ahead and run over the goaltender because our, our team's not going to do anything to back him up. And that's the only thing I, I really didn't like. Um, and then Gibson getting hurt from the play. It's like, it, it's even like adds more insult to injury, I guess you could say. Um, and that second game back, like he, he still didn't answer for, for what he did. He just kind of got like, you know, given that time and space, I, I believe he went and scored the goal that second game too. It's like, it, it just annoyed me. Yeah, and, and that's my thing, is Gibson getting out. And like you said, too, it wasn't just one incident. There's two incidents. Kind of frustrating. So, you know, Gibson ends up not being able to go in the Ducks' second game. The, the Ducks then host uh, the Minnesota Wild. And again, they played a decent game. You had uh, They chipped in on the power play again. Uh, Silverberg scoring in the beginning of the second period on the power play. And, and, you know, things look good uh, until the end of the second period. Uh, Fiala scoring on the power play ties it up. Uh, this game, again, the Ducks did get outshot. Uh, they, they won the battles in the faceoff circle. And it, it did look like it was going to go to overtime. Uh, kind of a mellow third period. Not a lot going on. Um, but the Ducks, you know, make some costly uh, errors at the end of the game. Uh, giving some open space. And uh, giving up a goal in the final seconds. And it's unfortunate because, you know, the little defensive breakdown and mistakes that they made there or else, you know, we would have been talking about at least getting a point in this game against Minnesota. And instead, the Ducks lose this one. You had Stolarz in net, uh, obviously, since Gibson was, um, you know, out like we talked about. Uh, I thought he played a, a phenomenal game, you know, saving 41 out of 43 shots um, in this contest. But... Uh, just unfortunate how it ended. I, I, you know, this is one of those games we've talked about before where, you, you know, you, you play decent for 59 minutes or <laughs> maybe 59 minutes and 50 seconds, and uh, you give up a goal in the final eight seconds and you lose this one, Eddie. Yeah, yeah all that hard work and all that stellar goal play just, just to lose it in that final frame. But you know what? They still played a, a good, solid game. They got a power play goal, and then that wraparound goal that Silverberg scored was just a thing of beauty. I, I just... Despite them losing, that still was probably like probably the best goals I've seen from the Ducks this season. That that beautiful just wrap around. It looked like it was in slow motion too, and he ended up just finding the back of the net. Yeah, it was a beautiful goal, and it's good to see Silverberg has been another one of those players that's gotten it going uh, this season. Uh, as we're talking about, you know, players that are doing well right now. Like we said, Shattenkirk scoring goals, which has been a surprise to many people. Raquel's now firing up. Um, Silverberg gets this goal. He's gotten a lot of assists. So a lot of positives for the team. The Ducks are, are they're scoring goals. That's not really an issue for this team right now. Um, we'll break it down a little bit more later. It's, it's more of, I guess, when they're scoring the goals because they're doing well on the power play, ironically, but not so much on five on five. So, so the Ducks start out the first two games. They end up splitting these. They go one and one. And then they have a uh, four-game road trip that they go on. 
and they uh, start out going to Canada. They end up playing Calgary in a, a very exciting game. You know, it seems like whenever the Ducks uh, play the Flames, there's always scoring and action back and forth, and that's what happened in this. Again, the Ducks scoring on the power play. We're going to beat that to a dead horse on this show. Cam Fowler uh, answering uh, in the first period after the Ducks got down one nothing. Uh, and then, the, you know, the Ducks got down again, but they answered back. You had Ricard Raquel scoring, and then a great goal by uh, Jamie Drysdale in overtime. And the Ducks pulled this one out 3-2. to two. Uh, Exciting game, Eddie. You know, another thing that I look forward to with this team is uh, even the overtime. In the past, the Ducks go to overtime 3-3, three and, three, and you're always sitting there waiting for, okay, let's just get to the shootout, let's get to the shootout. But now with players like Jamie Drysdale out there, Trevor Zegers out there. Um, they're going to make stuff happen on the three-on-three. And that's exactly what happened in this game. You you had Drysdale coming through. You know, Actually, it was Terry on this one that helped him out. But like I said, it was Zegers out there at times. Stuff's going to happen. Um, and, and Terry's another player that's picked up his game. So this was a, a good win um, for the Ducks overall. Able to come back twice in this game down, rally back, and, and win in this one, Eddie. Yeah, and the Ducks this time, I noticed on this three-on-three, they weren't just complacent. They weren't content of allowing the Flames players to walk in there, set up, and just kind of like play on their on their heels, I guess. They went to it. They went to attack. They took a player, and they created an opportunity, which uh, fortunate for the Ducks, uh, Jamie Drysdale went and, and scored and, and won that game in overtime. I, I love seeing that. I love seeing when the Flames players are walking in and, and they just didn't let them set up or do anything. They they right away just pounced on them and they created an opportunity for themselves and the, and they won that game all from just just playing hard, taking a man, and, and just really just driving and focus on it, having that like offensive mentality first, and not just waiting back and playing that whole defensive game. The other thing I, I liked in this one too is you had D'Lo getting in there, mixing up with Lucic, who I can't stand. And I know some people have mixed feelings about D'Lo. You know, some people think he should be traded and they don't like him. I see a lot of, I I read your comments, by the way, on social media. Uh, Eddie and I both run the Twitter. A couple other guys run the Twitter as as well. But, you know, I, I, and and Eddie helps me out with all the other platforms as well. But I read the comments. I see what people are saying and stuff. And it's, and it's interesting. It, it, It seems like, they're like you love D'Lo or you're just like yeah whatever well in this one he gets in a fight with Lucic uh, I don't think he really won the fight I think it was pretty even in my opinion but it was a timely fight I felt like it got the Ducks uh, back in this with a little bit of you know jump and oomph it was timely in my opinion and uh, he, he goes against a tough guy you know I don't, I'm not a big fan of Lucic but Lucic is, is a tough dude so I thought that was key in this game Eddie I, you know a lot of people don't Maybe appreciate or like the role that D'Lo plays, but I do, and I, I think uh, that he adds something to this team. Even playing on the fourth line, yeah, he's not going to score a lot of goals and assists. No kidding, that's not his role. His role is to stand up for other players on the team and engage when he needs to. And I thought it was timely um, decision on his part to go after Lucic uh, in this game, and you know it paid off because the Ducks did get momentum. And they ended up pulling this one out. Yeah, it it was a really good fight too. I, I I enjoyed it. It was a two two guys known for that role, and, and they went and, and did that role right for their, their teams. And then they went and man, you could just see 
Uh, I remember how hard both of them were throwing. You, you could see them connecting. It's just like I would not want to be punched by any of those, like any of them in my face. Cause it's, man, it was it was a big tough fight. It was warranted, and this is the kind of stuff I like in the game. This makes hockey unique, and I, I love Des. I love his his whole play style. I love his role in the team. I love it when he drops the gloves in the timely manner. I love when he puts the big hits on. I think he had one game that's what six hits. Another game he had four, but. I think 14, 15 hits in three games. Like he, he's putting his physical presence down up there, and it's good to see him like take that role on still, even though it's not, it might not be the ideal, most easiest role, but it gets him in the lineup, and it keeps him there. Yeah, and we'll talk about that more later because we have some lineup suggestions after we get through these games uh, that the Ducks, I think, need to they need to make some tweaks uh, in there. Um, so we'll, t- we'll touch on the fourth line because later on in these games, we'll, we'll get to it. It's kind of been a problem, but... Uh, real quick before we jump to the Edmonton game, uh, Drysdale got that overtime uh, winner. He's the second youngest Ducks player in history to score overtime winner at the age of 19 years and 193 days. Fifth youngest in the league. The only other player to do it at a younger age was Cam Fowler, and he actually did it twice. So just a little bit of uh, trivia there for you, if you will. But uh, then the Ducks went on. You know, we talked about this team. Uh, you and I talked about it over the summer. We talked about it in um, the, the season preview. We said, hey, this team's going to be exciting. Uh, are they going to be a Stanley Cup championship team? No, but they're going to be fun to watch. And, and these games have been fun to watch. Uh, this Edmonton one, it did not work out in the Ducks' favor, unfortunately. But this game like gave me headaches because I'm sitting there trying to post all the videos and get all the goal stuff out. As you guys know, I, I, you know, I, I, I post them. I've had to speed some things up because I, I post them everywhere uh, for all of you. I, I know most of you look at Twitter, but I, I, a lot of you like them on Facebook too. And I'm I'm just trying to catch up. I mean, there's, what was it? There was five goals in the first period. That was driving me nuts. So I don't know if you guys realize that. Um, Eddie does help me out sometimes. We'll both uh, run the videos and, and, and it helps, but it's just crazy. This game was an insanely fun game to watch. Like I said, they, they came up short in this one. Um, but it was just fun all the way around. You had Shattenkirk scoring. Um, Steele finally gets to play in a game. He gets two goals. You know, could have maybe had a hat trick coming up a little bit short in there, but he was on fire playing in front of his family. So, you know, he was pumped up. D'Lo, we talked about getting a goal, right? Um, and Shattenkirk had two goals in this, even though it was kind of in garbage time at the end. But th- this was a, an extremely exciting game. Action-packed, back and forth, goals like everywhere. Um, I, I thought maybe the Ducks would pull this one out, uh, Eddie, but uh, unfortunately the third period kind of did them in. Um, you know, they looked good going into it, but they, they just couldn't contain Drysdale and McDavid. Uh, you know, they, they, they stopped them a little bit, but they were still getting um, some goals and assists in there. I mean, what, what are you going to do? You know, they didn't wreck havoc completely, but... They were still able to produce somewhat in this game, um, getting half the goals for for Edmonton, and ultimately, you know, the Ducks came up short by one goal. Yeah, and, th- and this was a really fun game, a nice even game. It's one of those like those L's you get where you can keep your head up, like like you did everything you can possibly do to win this game, and unfortunately, you just have two of the the best players in the world that are playing lights out right now for their uh, for the Oilers. It's it's hard to contain them. The speed and the, the talent they both have in Drysdale and McDavid, they just don't give you a lot of a lot of chances to actually get up there and win. But it was good to see 
D'Lo get a goal. I love when he gets goals. He gets he gets rewarded for his hard work. So it's good to see him get a goal. And then uh, also Mahura too had eight hits in this game. Like he, he came to he really came into this game to really make his presence known. I, I like seeing that from him. Like you'll you'll be one of those players that are going to be in and out of the lineup. And if you want to stay in the lineup, you got to like make yourself known and be seen and. And make your, uh, I guess, make your havoc around the ice. And that's what he's doing, doing his, uh, those eight hits. Yeah, you know, and that was, we talked about the lineup before the season and who was going to be in. And he was one of the ones that we said that we felt that he should be in there. You know, the Ducks did uh, start out with Paterin, but uh, he ended up getting sent down. Uh, the San Diego did not play uh, well. And, uh, you know, I, I, I like Mahura. I, I like what he's doing um, in there. I, I mean, I thought that he should be one of them in there. He's also in there, uh, you know, over uh, Larson as well. I mean, um, you know, I, I like what he brings. I, I think that he should be one of the guys that should be in there uh, playing, you know, uh, day in and day out. And I, I hope he is one of the mainstays in, in the team because, uh, like you said, he's out there hustling, doing his thing. Um, and he's just looked good. Uh, he's not got a lot of points or anything like that, but he's also not really cost the Ducks a lot. Uh, he, he's looking good. We already knew it was going to be Fowler, Drysdale, Manson, Lindholm. We knew they were going to be in there. Shattenkirk, who we, we, you know, we talked about last season, kind of up and down, and, and now he's coming around. And you know, after this game, Shattenkirk's the leading goal scorer on the on the Ducks at this point. And and who would have thought that? Uh, you know, Eddie, I, I was like, what the heck? This guy's got three goals, and he's leading the team right now. Oh yeah, it was really really good to see. Like he's playing like a whole different player from last season. So maybe that Stanley Cup hangover was affecting him, or I, I don't know what was it. Maybe. The whole season not being a, a real a real season ha- had some kind of effects on on everyone too. But he's just playing like a totally different player. Like that player that they signed him for that term and for that length is. And I, I like to see that he's creating opportunities. He's he's leading the rush. He, he he's playing some good hockey. I really hope he keeps it up. And then from there, the Ducks then uh, they went in to face uh, Winnipeg again. If you didn't watch this game. You were probably sitting there going, "Oh, the Ducks lost five to one. They got blown out. They look like crap, or whatever." You know, if you just looked at the score, which that's not true. The Ducks actually outshot the Jets in this one, thirty-nine to twenty-seven. They won the face-off battle, just slightly, fifty-two to forty-eight. And they started out good in this game. You had Troy Terry chipping in on the power play again. Like we said, we're going to be talking about special teams, but he he got that early in the game, just under three minutes in. Of course, the Jets answer back. Um, and it was a tight game all the way to the end of the second. Another late goal there by our favorite uh, cop. He gets one, gives the Jets a 2-1 to one lead going into the third. And then the Jets score on the power play early in the third, which kind of started to pull away. And, you know, the Ducks overall, they looked good in this contest. They, it just seemed like they kind of ran out of steam in the third period. Um, you know, the Jets got a couple late goals, ended up making it 5-1. to one. Um, But... I, you know, overall, they, they didn't play that, that terrible. They they controlled the puck more. You know, they're, if you look at the analytical numbers, they, they actually did pretty well. The lines um, were uh, giving the Ducks chances, right? They're more plus the 50 mark as opposed to under um, going in, uh, you know, in this final game as far as the, the stats and whatnot. But, um, yeah, you know, just a disappointing loss if you look at it over the loss 5-1. to one. But I, I really thought the Ducks... Played decently in this game, could have maybe pulled out maybe a point and first, you know, some kind of overtime or something like that. But 
Just came up short in the third period, Eddie. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't a it wasn't a bad game, and and, and seeing the five to one score makes it look a lot worse. It just I don't know what happened in that third. It, 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 they got dry. It, I guess it was like boring hockey. We called it. It was just like okay, what's going on? Let's do something, and 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 the Jets just took over from there. I think this is the first game too. The Ducks outshot an opponent, but I mean it sucks that they didn't come out with the win. But overall, it wasn't too bad of a game. It's just, I wish it would just came a little bit more in that third period. It's like uh, the score wouldn't have been five to one if it showed up a little bit more. Yeah, and that's been one other issue with the Ducks has been the shots. They've been getting. I don't know what's going on overall, but they've been they've been throwing the puck more towards the net on the power play. But on five on five, they're not, and that's reflecting in the final numbers. You you know, and obviously, shots don't necessarily matter. You know, if you look at all the analytic numbers too, you gotta you gotta factor in depending on which ones you look at. Uh, you gotta look at missed shots, shots that hit the post, block shots, and things of that nature. Um, but they're not doing themselves any favors. Uh, you know, when you're when you're getting outshot by you know almost ten shots a game, uh, which has kind of been the norm in all of these games, with this one being the uh, exception here against the Jets. But they then finished out the road trip against the Wild. They got outshot by twelve shots. Again, going with our theme, uh, Ducks scoring early in this one. Uh, Raquel lighting it up uh, back and forth first period. Uh, Terry scoring. You also had Raquel scoring on the power play. Like we talked about, six power play goals in six games. Outstanding for the Ducks uh, when they were just doing horrible um, last uh, season. But uh, this this game, a little frustrating for me because they got a lucky bounce uh, on a goal there. Um, you know, to, to get one of them going for them. They also had... It's a questionable offsides call. If you look at, it looks like they touch up, but the Ducks challenge it. They go, they lose it. They go down shorthanded. So that that you know it didn't cost them a goal there, but it, you know it's a momentum thing. Um, and, and then they just lost it in uh, overtime. It looked like this game was going to go to a shootout. The Ducks had their chances, but uh, 13 seconds to go, they give up a goal, and so they do salvage a point in this one, Eddie. And again, they they didn't play poorly. Um, the bottom six wasn't as good as the top six in this game. If you look at the analytical numbers, they weren't generating as much offensive chance. Uh, and that's where you saw uh, Bo Grew and Grant actually get benched in the third period. Um, D'Lo was played uh, with other lines out there. Um, so an in-game change there by Dallas Akins, which I do like because he's to me it looks like he's trying to hold more people accountable. Um, you know, we'll kind of talk a little bit about, more about that in a second. But what did you see in this game? Kind of a crazy game. Some crazy plays that kept the Wild in it. And then, uh, you know, Aikens shortening up the bench there in the third period. Um, it seemed like it, it was going to work, but, you know, they came up short in overtime. Yeah, I like how he had uh, individual players accountable for, like, for their play. Um, Gru has been playing uh, some good hockey, too. I just did this game. He, he just, it's just one of those games. And and he got held accountable. So now, now we get to see like how he's going to change his game up, how he's going to play a, that different role. And so that won't happen again. Well, one thing about that that goal that shouldn't have been a goal that got deflected in. The, the only reason why I wasn't too mad about Duheim's goal for Minnesota is because he's a he was a rookie. It was his first NHL goal. So I guess that's cool for him. But it's it's one of those plays. It shouldn't have been a goal. Or if, if he wouldn't have got that deflection off his foot. To tie the game up, and if Ducks would have scored and went up 2-0, like, like who knows where this game would have went. And they probably would have ended up getting that win and getting that second point. 
unfortunately for them, that's how the, the, the that's how hockey's played. Though you get those lucky bounces some days, and some days you don't. Yeah, and, and that's I think what was the unfortunate thing in this one. Like I said, the bottom six did not play well in this game, um, and then obviously that's why Aikens did the tweaking in the third period. Um, you know, they possibly could have. Uh, you know, pulled out and maybe at least forced a shootout in this one, and they didn't, unfortunately. But what I thought was kind of funny, too, was afterwards is that Getzloff got fined $1,000 for, quote, a dangerous trip against uh, Joel Eckerson Eck, which that kind of irritated me in this game. I made a comment about it, uh, about some diving on this team. Uh, I know you can't stand the Wild. I, You know, me, I, I don't have as much disdain for them as you do because I know Colorado and Minnesota go at it, but... One thing I cannot stand in the league is is diving, and and I'm not saying that's why the Ducks lost. The Ducks, you know, they lost. They lost in overtime. I'm not making excuses for that, but I just don't like that behavior. I remember the Ducks playing Nashville and them doing all that kind of shenanigans, and to see that happen, and then I mean, a thousand dollars of gets off is nothing. That's like a dollar to you and me. It's like whoop de doo. But I, I just like really when that when I saw that come out on Twitter, I'm like, you guys really find him a thousand dollars? It looked like he tripped over his skate, Eddie. I just I don't know. Maybe I'm going going off on this too much, but it just it just rubs me the wrong way when I see players diving and acting a fool, and and then you're gonna find gets off a thousand dollars. Like it's just a joke, like to me. I thought it was a joke when I saw it. When I, when I read "dangerous trip," I was like, "No, there's no way they like that's so stupid." But no, it was real. Like the, the trip wasn't that bad. Yeah, he it, it was more of a flop than anything. But it's I, I just. I mean, what can you do? It's a thousand dollars, like you said. It's probably just a, just a, 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 it's like a dollar to him. But it's, it's still stupid the whole principle of it, and it just goes to show like that whole lack of of, of someone actually running the Department of Player Safety the right way. It's just, it's not ran the right way. It's every season is something different. It's getting worse. It's just it's a shit show over there. And Peros is just, it's it's, it's a joke. He's a, a joke of a guy. He should not be running it at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm shocked. They should have just suspended Gatsoff for a few games, you know? Hey, like, hey, let's just blow it up. Like, you know, let's get nuts. But I'm with you, too. When I saw that, too, I remember I think I posted in our chat, and everybody was like, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah, I, I, whatever. So, so, anyways, that that six games, Ducks are 2-3-1. and one. They Like we said, other than probably the end of the Winnipeg uh, game, the second one, uh, it's been exciting hockey. It's been fun to watch. That's what we talked about was going to happen this season. I This is kind of where I expected the team to be. I expected them to be 500 or a little bit below. It's early, of course. A lot of things can happen. But some of the things we've noticed in, this, in the team is special teams play, right? Uh, the Ducks are 6 for 18 on the power play, uh, 33%, top 10 in the league. Uh, the penalty kill has been improved, too. They're at 84%. Um, just outside the top 10. So the special teams play is there. Uh, it's It's been vastly improved. Uh, I seriously believe a lot of it is the assistant coaches that have come in and changed a lot of things around there. I think that's been part of it. If you listen to the interviews and you watch a lot of the plays that are going on, on the power play, the Ducks, I know it's, it's not rocket science, but they're getting bodies in front. They're getting the puck on the net. And that's what they were talking about is, hey, just, you know, shoot the puck more. I, I know it sounds silly, but that's what it is. And, and the Ducks, you know, are sitting tied fifth in the league on the power play at, at 33 and a third percent. So things are going better there. I think the addition 
of having, you know, like we said, Zegras and Drysdale with the team 100% now. You add McTavish into the mix. Uh, good things are happening, and the Ducks are creating things there. Um, also, Drysdale on the back end on the penalty kill. Uh, the Ducks have been doing outstanding uh, there as well at 84%. They, they've really been holding their own um, on both sides of special teams. Um, you know, I think that's been probably the, the biggest positive so far to start this season, Eddie, in terms of the Ducks play. And that's something greatly that you want. That's something I always talked about at the start of the season. I, I know this team's rebuilding. I know they're not going to compete for a cup. You, you can just you, you can tell that that team on paper that they're not a Stanley Cup team. And, and just it sucks to say, but it just I'm a realist. But seeing these improvements, it just gives me hope for the future. And that's all I've been wanting to see these, these past few seasons. I want them to start improving on these special team stats, uh, on the way they're they're moving the puck, changing the culture, and and being that more uh, like attack first kind of team. Especially on the power play. Your power play is probably the bottom of the league last two seasons in a row. At this point, don't wait for an open line. Just just close your eyes, I guess, and shoot it like toward the net. But it's good to see they're scoring goals. They're getting the power play goals. And they're they're really improving their team. It's it's fun to see all the young guys, too, really eager, really hungry to get, get in. It's, just, it's different from the last few seasons I've seen. And I, I like what I see so far. I still don't think this team's quite there yet to compete for a Stanley Cup. But just... The way it's going right now and the things that they're improving on, the future's going to look great. I'm with you there. Uh, you know, even the goals for the Ducks are just under three goals for 2.83. So they're getting their opportunities scoring. Um, it, things look good. They've kind of shifted a little bit. The five-on-five five play does need some work. Um, they've had some issues there. They're scoring goals, but... Most of it is power play, like we talked about. A lot, a lot of that. They had the the overtime one, game winner, Drysdale three and three. But uh, if you take away the Edmonton game, the crazy you know six five uh, racetrack game, the Ducks have only scored. Uh, I'm looking at the stats here. They've had uh, ten goals five on five. But if you take away that game, they've only had six goals on five on five play in the other five games. So outside of the Edmonton game, they're only getting one goal five on five. I mean, if you're getting one on the power play, that's helping right. You're at two, and we've seen here they're just under three. So if they, if they can keep it up, if they can get start getting a couple more goals five on five and get the goal average over three a game, I, I mean, that's outstanding. It's still a vast improvement. You remember before, the Ducks are barely getting two goals a game. They were getting like 1.9, 1.8 goals a game, which isn't going to get it done. Now they're just under three. Their five-on-five five play isn't terrible. Uh, like I said, they're, they're, they're doing better. They do their puck stats, uh, puck possession stats are, are kind of iffy. That that part's kind of struggling. If you look at their Corsi and Finwick stats, they're both sitting around 44%, which is not good. Um, you know that needs to be improved. So their their puck possession numbers aren't where they need to be. Um, you want to be over 50%, and, and they're more even closer to you know 40 or 40. You know. I mean, I guess closer to 45, but they're, you know, between 40 and 45 is not good. You definitely want to be uh, at least 50 or higher. So they need to work on that. And I think some of that, Eddie and I talked about the way to fix this lineup. Uh, and again, holding players accountable. We saw Grant put down on waivers. He cleared the waivers. Nobody picked him up. Grant has been horrible uh, this season. Declined last season. Been terrible. The fourth line for the Ducks has been uh, just completely problematic. Um, Bo Grew was uh, you know benched in the Minnesota game at the end too. I didn't think he's been playing as bad. 
Uh, yeah, the Minnesota game wasn't his greatest either, but I think Grant is the arbitross that's bringing him down, unfortunately. So something needs to go on with the lineup, some of the changes that they can do. I was going to suggest Milano should be in there playing over Grant, and then, of course, right before we record the show, they reassigned Milano to the goals. So I was like, really? And, you know, another name I was going to throw out there, he's been inconsistent, but I was curious to see if they were going to throw Volkov in there. And now they put him on unconditional waivers to be terminated. So so he's gone. Uh, I think the good news is McTavish will be back. He did get injured. He was put on the IR uh, in these first two weeks. But it, it looks like he will be back and ready to go. So get him back in the lineup. Um, but I, I, the fourth line has is, is not been good for the Ducks. I think Grant's been a huge problem. Uh, I, I, I really think, I mean, if you're not going to send him to San Diego, fine. But you need to start benching him. Uh, he's just kind of dragging down the team, unfortunately. He's just not helping. So um, that's one change that we were talking about. So the fourth line issues, right? And then another one, you know, the lineup was pretty similar to what Eddie and I projected going into the season for the forwards as well. The only difference that they did is uh, Zegras and Getzloff switched places in the lineup. So we talked about Comtois, Zegras, and Terry together, like at the end of the season when they were dominating. And instead... They switched that around and put Getzloff in there and then put Zegras um, with Raquel and Henrique instead. Uh, Raquel's picked it up lately and, and, and Henrique's been doing okay, but Zegras not, not so much. Only one assist in six games. A little bit of a disappointment there. But those are my tweaks, Eddie. I, I think you switch uh, Zegras and Getzloff and those lines. Bench Grant. And, uh, you know, thinking Tavish is back and so throw him in because, you know, you got rid of the Milano-Volkov options, you know. But I, I would have liked to see Milano back in there. I thought he played well in the limited action that we saw. Yeah, and then uh, Volkov, too, was kind of a surprise. I didn't think I, – I would I was thinking he would have more of an opportunity. He had that, that potential, and he showed some flashes of, of talent when he did play. It's just kind of weird that all of a sudden now he's getting uh, his contract getting terminated. So I don't know if they had something on the side before, or if he just doesn't want to play in San Diego and has something lined up in the KHL or, or somewhere overseas. But that was kind of a weird to see. I, I, I was hoping that we could see some action of him this coming up season. If he got called up, he can make a, a kind of an impact to stay up. But unfortunately, if you want to see him, you have to just watch him overseas or wherever else he's going to be playing. Uh, I agree with you on Grant. It's unfortunate. He, he, his game just dropped off so much. Maybe it's a it's a confidence thing right now. Hopefully he gets something going. Hopefully that benching will kind of light a fire up like under his ass to play better. But yeah, you're right. That fourth line hasn't really really been doing it for the Ducks. And something definitely needs to change. McTavish. It's gonna be good having him back, having his energy and his his hunger in there, and hopefully keep him in a a top six role and see how he goes. Like, I definitely don't want to see him playing on the fourth line. I want to see him up there and trying to create that offense and hopefully gets rewarded for it. But he's one thing and one player that I'm really looking forward to having back in the lineup and hopefully it generates offense and you get players like Zegers that are just, he has that talent. He has that confidence. He skates well. He moves the puck well. It's just unfortunately for him, he's not getting enough on the score sheet. Just one assist, but He's still young. It's only uh, he's, he's still he's still a rookie. He's still learning the game, finding out what works for him, and, and it's all going to come together. And once those goals start coming in, once those assists start coming in, then this should be no problem seeing him on the score sheet. Well, and he did try the Michigan, <laughs> you know, in the opening uh, couple of weeks here, and he almost scored. So I, I feel like he's there. 
Uh, you know, but I, I still think, uh, you know, maybe him, Comtois, and Terry together would work. You know, Comtois is another one that's just not uh, played as well to start this season, too, which has kind of been surprising. Really, you know, a, a guy that we thought would take off, and he has not um, to start the season. So, I mean, if you're looking at, at the way it's gone so far, the ones that have surprised me is... Um, uh, Zegras one assist like you said he's been showing flashes and movement there I, I mean I think he's going to trend upwards of course and uh, the other one on there it would be uh, Comtois not you know we really thought he, he would kind of go out there and, and dominate too but he's got no points in five games at all um, so you've had a you know a couple guys there that have struggled we already talked about Grant um, we knew he wasn't going to be an all-star but Jesus man he, he's just really been struggling uh, as far as players that have been looking really good, I mean, if you look at this Ducks lineup, we talked about Shattenkirk. I don't know where the hell he came from with these points, but he's got three goals and three assists already. Uh, leads the team in points. Troy Terry, two goals and four assists. And Silverberg with one goal and five assists. So those guys are all leading the way for your Ducks right now. Six points each in six games. And then Ricard Raquel turning it on here with the, that two-goal performance. Now he has four goals uh, in six games. So a lot of positives for this team. Uh, a couple guys struggling, Eddie, but I think maybe a couple changes in the lineup here, a little maybe, you know, mixing it up, a, you know, somewhat will get Zegras and Comtois going. Um, even uh, Steele, you know, he came in, he, he didn't get the action in the beginning, and he got two goals in the three games he's played. So, uh, you know, I, that's one thing with this team. You watch the team, I'm, I'm not... Um, watching them going, oh my God, they're not going to score. Or like we used to joke when they got the power play, a lot of you would joke out there like, hey, the Ducks should just give the power play back because they're not going to score. And, 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 you know, we used to always kid about that. But, I mean, no, seriously, like, um, you know, I don't expect the team to win, but you watch this team, Eddie, and you you know that they're going to have a chance to score in these games. And you see the power play is doing well. They're doing well in the penalty kill. Um, they're competitive every night. They've been in all these games, like we said, except for the end of that second Winnipeg game. So it's definitely competitive hockey. And, and a lot of this young talent on the team has been um, exciting to watch. Um, you know, just to see them doing everything. I, I think you were talking about this team and you commented that they looked a little bit more uh, looser, a little bit more able to do creative plays. And I think that's very true, Eddie. You've got to see them try to do a little bit more. Not always succeeding, but definitely fun to watch. Yeah, I, I think this whole youth movement for uh, for the Ducks is, is helping the our veteran players, our quote-unquote veteran players, kind of step up their game too or kind of just rise their game. It, it's, it's good to see the Shatker, and especially Troy Terry. It, it's really good to see Troy Terry getting hot really early and hopefully he just continues that upward threat, uh, trend and he can just play to that potential, that that, that kind of top six player that, that he's projected to be and, and that that we've seen that from him. We've seen the moves that he's made. So it's good to see him getting going on the score sheet. It's going to help his confidence. And I just I picture him having a really, really terrific season. Um, Raquel's in a contract year. So I usually, for some reason, players, obviously for, for obvious reasons, players usually go and have some of their best seasons that they play so they can get that, that payout. So I, I expect him to have a good season too. But it's good to see like some of these players uh, going up there and trending upward. Kevin Shattenkirk had what, all of two goals last season in 55 games, and now he's already at three goals and six points. So it, it's, it's good. It's good to see these guys get going, and it's only going to bring their confidence level up. You know, they'll, they'll start uh, playing a little better on the power play. You, you, you'll notice little tweaks here and there, 
and, and this whole group would just have fun and, and get to like that passion and love for the game. It sucks losing. It sucks when you're like that bottom team. But it's if you're if you're playing well, if if your boys are getting points and you're helping the team, it, it, it's just it makes everything for fun and it makes it fun for fans too to sit there and watch. I mean, yeah, no one wants to watch a losing team at all. It's frustrating, especially when you know your team's rebuilding. But seeing games like this and seeing the players step up, and, and even players that that are just totally playing a, a hundred and eighty degree different game of hockey, it's it's good to see. Absolutely, uh, like I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's just been fun to see them having, uh, you know, more excitement out there, and the other players scoring and, and the interaction, and you know, watching the power play and being excited that they're going to score and they're going to score every game. It seems like, um, and they've been close games too. So, I mean, you can't, you know, be that too upset, uh, you know, with what's going on compared to the last couple seasons uh, with this team. But what's been interesting is even with what's going on is the rumor mill already cranked up uh, early for this team. And uh, and some of you out there had fan questions you asked too, and we'll address those uh, in this section next here where we're talking about, okay, the team has made some improvements. There's still things to work on, right? The shot totals aren't quite where we're there. The puck possession numbers aren't great. The fourth line, for lack of a better term, is, is, is kind of sucking now. Um, but we had our, our, our guy that loves to talk about Ducks rumors, uh, Elliot Freeman, Throughout uh, the the same from last season, Lindholm, Manson, Raquel, he even threw Getzloff in there, which I was cracking up. He was talking about trade bait and how the Ducks could trade all these players to help improve the team, which is absolutely they could do that. I think it's a little early to talk about this, but we put it in there because you know Elliot Freeman fired up the rumor mill with the the Ducks again, and you guys had questions as well uh, on this. But uh, in terms of kind of breaking these down, Getzloff, I don't think is is worth talking about. Um, unless later on in the season towards the trade deadline, if the Ducks like just completely tank or something, maybe that's something we talk about. But I, I really think it would be in the offseason if he uh, decides to come back or not. Uh, they might just wait till then and then he goes with someone else. I, I, I don't I don't know. It's just too early for Getzloff to really be talking about trade stuff. Uh, Raquel, Manson, Lindholm, these are all interesting because they all could have been traded last year. Raquel's value was super high. It didn't work out. Um, his value is creeping back up right now, right? Four goals in six games. Is he one that you're going to try to, to move? Um, I, I would keep my eye on him. Uh, Manson and Lindholm, they're still there. Um, to me, they've been solid. You know, I, I don't know if their value is much higher than it was last season. Uh, but it's interesting because when you look at Raquel, Lindholm, and Manson, the Ducks are going to have to figure out something with these three players, Eddie, because Raquel's sitting at 3.8 million, Lindholm at 5.2, Manson at 4.1, and they're all UFAs. And we've heard before with some of these players, the issue has been not giving them another contract, but giving them another contract at what annual cost or total cost. So... It's, it's going to be decision time for Bob Murray. He's either going to have to figure out that he wants to extend these guys and, and find a number that he can you know work with their agents and, and figure out. If not, I mean, are you going to let these three guys walk at the end of the season? That's why I'm really curious to see what happens with Raquel, Lindholm, and Manson. To me, I think somebody asked one of the fan questions we had in here. Uh, if I'm going through, you guys sent a lot of questions. So some of them we'll answer if we don't mention your name, by the way. But um, we had, uh, what was it, The View Dot The Life 
on uh, Instagram asking, you know, the first player to get traded. I honestly would have said Grant originally, uh, but then uh, it, with Grant being sent on waivers and nobody being picking him up, uh, I think there's still an opportunity to trade him, but it's going to be a package deal unless you're going to take like a really low draft pick because nobody took him right. So I don't know if that's there. But if someone's going to be traded first, I would look at Raquel Lindholm or Manson Eddie, um, especially if the Ducks aren't willing to give them a, you know, a deal at some kind of uh, price in those ranges that they're currently at for a long time. Yeah, then you have uh, Manson and Lindholm. On the open market, free agency will get crazy, and Manson and Lindholm will get more money on the open market than the Ducks are going to offer them. It's just some of those prices just go just insane. And you know, teams will overpay if they want if they really want you on the team. Look at the Seth Jones got that big deal. It was a little, I think it's like way too much than he was really worth at that time. But um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I think it's either gonna be uh, uh, like you said, yeah, uh, Raquel Manson and Lindholm. If you can't get a deal done by trade deadline, it's like you have to do something. You can't just go past a trade deadline. With the with the hopes and dreams that you, that you'll sign all three of these at the team friendly deals that you want to sign them to, it doesn't work that way. It's either you risk keeping them past the trade deadline and losing all three of them and not get anything in return, or if you can't make a deal come trade deadline, then go ahead and trade them off. Uh, teams will overpay the trade deadline too. You can get their get your uh, get something for them, and if they if they want to return, if they if if you like living in Southern California and they want to come back. At least you made that effort to get something for them, and you can have that potentially of signing them back. And pretty much, you traded them away and, and and got a return from them, and they came back to the team. So, yeah, I, to me, I think at least one of them gets traded, and that's that's not intel from anybody. That's just my feeling. Uh, if Raquel gets on a big tear and gets going, um, you're going to have to make a decision, like you point out, Eddie, because at trade deadline. You'd have a really good chance, or leading up to it, just like they did last season, to get a lot for him if he if he keeps going on fire. You pass that trade deadline, now you're stuck. You you don't have anything. You're going into the off season. He's a UFA. Uh, you know, then you got to figure out Lindholm and Manson as well. I mean, the Ducks do have cap space, right? But uh, something's gonna have to give uh, with those three players. So I would watch them. Uh, gets off like I said I, I I don't see anything unless it's uh, like the Ducks are just having a complete collapse of a season and he just wants to go somewhere to try to win a cup last minute which I, I still don't think that would happen I think it would be something that he would decide in the offseason before the Ducks would trade him so you know I don't know necessarily why Elliot Freeman's throwing him in there it's just like it's the beginning of the season Elliot like calm down <laughs> you know like take a chill pill uh, now the other part that he, he brought up and this is the ongoing saga, too. I know we talk about this every show, but uh, Elliot Freeman brought up Jack Eichel again. He says that the Ducks are still one of the favorites in there. Of course, you guys are asking questions like crazy. We had uh, Johnny uh, B.U. Rick. Uh, he asked, you know, is Eichel still on the table? The answer is yes. Uh, how much will the Ducks have to give up? We have Cole.Johnson29 on uh, Instagram. Also ask about mock trades. And, and we talked about this before. Uh, last season, we had some intel on, on some names that were thrown out there. We had Comtois and Steele being thrown out there. Uh, Henrique's name came up. Um, obviously, the Ducks have to give up some kind of high draft pick, most likely first-round pick in this. 
Um, looking at this, it's it's interesting because I still think the Ducks are in the position they're not going to trade Zegras or Drysdale uh, for Eichel uh, in this situation. Eichel still has to do his medical thing. Um, that's a big problem. I'll let Eddie kind of talk about that a little bit more. But I, I think the thing here is that if they're going to ask, you know, maybe for a McTavish, they might try to push now. Um, that would be something to look for. I, I would think that the the trade would have to, if the Ducks aren't going to do Zegers and Drysdale, I think the trade bare minimum starts with McTavish, a first round pick. And then you're going to have to start looking at, are you looking at a Comtois steal or something like that? To even get it close to anywhere that they uh, want, Eddie. Um, that does, that's just my feeling. Um, what is your take? Uh, if you want to kind of give a little bit about what's going on in you know Buffalo with his his health stuff, and then what do you think as far as a potential trade? Yeah, well, they're uh, I guess they're allowing teams to see his medical information uh, so they can make that determination if they want to have the surgery he wants to have or they want to have their doctors take a look at it and go that best route. So they are opening up his medical information so teams could look and they can have that as, a, I guess, a factor in trading for him to, to see if his value is going to go up or down. I'd say it would go a little bit down with everything going on right now and him wanting to have his own surgery. He was stripped from the captaincy, uh, so he's not the captain of the Buffalo Sabres anymore. It just seems like that relationship is tarnished. There's no way to salvage it, so he's going to be traded. It's just to what team and when, and, and what's the package going to be? For the Ducks, I I, I really can't see the the, the, the Sabres trading uh, uh, Jack Eichel to the Ducks without asking for Drysdale or Zegers at all. I, I, I can't see that happening at all. I, I think the Ducks have to give up way too much to get Jack Eichel, and you're not even going to have him for the season. He still has to have that surgery, so it's like, I think the best chance you're going to get is having him play next season, and it's just too many factors right there for me. Yeah, I think that's a part of the problem, too, is I think, like you said, they're coming out, they're giving all the medical records, telling Barry all the stuff. You know, they're arguing over the medical stuff, which we've talked about before on the last, I don't know, two or three shows uh, is an issue. But then, yeah, are you going to give up a bunch of players uh, for this guy, and then this guy is not even going to be ready for several months, if even this season. So that's another issue um, involved in this. You know, the other thing I didn't touch on too was, uh, you know, Max Jones is out uh, for the Ducks, right? He tore his uh, pectoral muscle, and he's out four to six uh, months for the Ducks. So, I mean, I don't know. Are you going to try and say, hey, will you guys take this guy too and throw him in there as a deal because he's going to be out for four to six months? I mean, the Ducks might be trying to look for a forward right now in a trade. That's why I do think the Ducks uh, will probably make some kind of trade. I mean, they sent Milano back down. Uh, like I said, Volkov's going to be bought out, terminated, whatever. He's gone. Um, you're, you're out Jones for a while. Um, I've had a couple friends that, that have torn their chest muscle. Um, not playing hockey, but in other ways, and they were out. They were gone. They, I didn't see them for six weeks. Um, guys that I work with, they were just out because th- that process, I can tell you, is very, very painful for Jones. They're going to have to reattach the muscle. There's probably going to be a lot of staples involved. He's going to have to heal up, go through some serious rehab. Granted, he's got time off. The best doctors that the Ducks have, and all that other stuff. So we may see him at the end of the season, but it's going to be a process. So I, I don't know. And then Eichel, of course, that's going to be a process. Anything with the spine, discs, and anything like that is, is something that's it's tough. It's going to have to be done, and he's going to be out for a while. So I know Elliot Freeman says that the Ducks are still in on it and all that, but 
I, I don't know. I, I to me, I don't see it really working out because I, I think that they would have to give up McTavish, a first round pick, uh, because they're not going to give up Drysdale and Zegras. Then they're going to have to throw in someone else in there. Um, you know, Henrique was in the um, excuse me, Henrique was in the doghouse last season. Grant's in the doghouse this season. I mean, unless Murray's going to uh, unload the people in his doghouse, you know, he's going to throw out Grant, Henrique, a first round McTavish. I mean, how deep are you going to go to try and get this guy that's not going to be on the team for a while? I mean, it's going to take bare minimum at least three pieces, right? If there's nothing else involved, if it's just Eichel straight up, I, I think for the Ducks to, to try to get them to go. I think you're right. I think, you know, Drysdale's situation, Buffalo really effed this up because they could have done the surgery and had a lot of this <clears throat> taken care of months ago. And now the prop is <clears throat> anybody that wants to trade for him, <coughs> excuse me, um, they're just not going to have him for the rest of the season, Eddie. So it takes his value down. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, and, and you have no idea if he's going to agree to what your doctors say, too, or if he's just really set in stone on the surgery he wants to have. So it's going to happen eventually. It's one of those t things where it's not going to be right away. A, a lot of teams might not. Like want to jump on a player like that right now? Maybe in the off season and when his name was really up there and on fire, teams would have took that chance, and, and you know he he could have just had the surgery that he wanted, or or whatever surgery they could have agreed on in the off season. He could have took that off season as part of that healing process, and maybe could have got some games in this this season. But it's it, it like the more and more you push it, the more it's going to extend them out, and like. And even jeopardy of him not even like starting the, like the on opening roster next season if you're just gonna like prolong and like all this whole delay thing. So it's just it, it's too much nonsense. I, yeah, it, it'd be nice to have a, a a legitimate top top superstar player, but there's too many X factors right now. I just I think the Ducks should just focus on keep keep rebuilding their team, keep that that whole youth movement, and we'll shoot for a, a high draft pick come next season too, and we can build from there. Yeah, I, I think that's the smartest play overall. I, I, I mean, to me, I've kind of been over and done with this Eichel stuff. But we brought it up because, you know, like we said, our favorite, Elliot Freeman, he likes to throw out rumors about the Ducks all the time. So, um, But there's a couple more out there uh, that the Ducks have been in on. Maybe not so much in the news as much. But they said the Ducks had interest in Vitaly Kratsov from the Rangers, uh, Russian forward that did not report to play and wants to be traded. Um, I, I don't know if this is a guy that the Ducks would want, Eddie. You know, we were talking about, you know, that the Ducks are short on forwards a little bit now because you're getting rid of Volkov. Jones is gone for a while. I mean, Kratzoff, you know, he's 6'3". Um, he had two goals and two assists in 20 games last year with the Rangers, uh, plus minus, you know, minus six. You know, I don't know if the Ducks are going to take a chance on this guy. Um and just putting it out there because uh, it was mentioned from the Hockey News that the Ducks might be interested in him. There's a handful of other teams as well. But, uh, again, I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't really go for this guy. I'd rather just, I mean, they sent Milano down, but hopefully they keep him back up. And I'd rather play Milano than this guy. I mean, that's just kind of where I'm at on that, especially with Matavish coming back. Um, I just, this is a pass for me. Yeah, same here. I, I'll do pass. I guess he... Uh... He got allowed permission to facilitate his own trade, so he could speak to other teams regarding uh, like if they want to trade for him. So um, look for something for that. He doesn't want to play in the AHL. Uh, he didn't report, 
So either he's going to get traded or he might just go to the, the KHL, which which a lot of the uh, these young forwards do for the that are Russian, they usually go there and, and they'll play a season and try to come back to the NHL afterwards. So, yeah, it, it'd be a pass for me too, though. Now, the other one that it was also in the news you may not have heard, <clears throat> this one's a little bit more interesting, is Dylan Strom. Um, you know, it, it's just interesting. Uh, Chicago's gotten some issues and stuff. You've got a guy that can play center and left wing. He's an RFA, costs $3 million. The Ducks have salary cap. Um you know, he scored nine goals uh, last season. He had 12 the year before and 17 the year before that. <clears throat> a decent player, can play a couple positions. Um, he's just got an assist in, in two games so far with Chicago this year. But uh, that was another name flying out there, Eddie. Um, I wouldn't be necessarily opposed to try to bring him on. Um, I don't know if Chicago's willing to part with him. You know, like we said, that, that team's been having issues. But this is a guy that... You know, he can score. Uh, I mean, he's trending down a little bit. He had 51 points three seasons ago, then 38, and then 17 last season in the, in the you know, only 40 games. But um, I don't know. It, this might be a guy that Ducks want to look at. I, I don't know if it's one that they need to trade, but if they're trying to look for another forward, a guy that can play a couple positions, um, this might be a guy that, that they want to look at, uh, you know, uh, to try and help improve, especially the, the bottom six. Yeah, see, I don't know what the issue. I guess he was their 13th forward, so they decided not to play him, just healthy scratch him. He he barely got in two games, uh, just his last two games he played. Um, he's on the block, and if the Ducks, uh, th- this is one of these players where I'm, I, I I'd be happy if the Ducks would take a gamble on him and and, and not like overpay or anything like that. But th- this guy scored 56 points a few seasons ago. He, he has that potential, and he's still young. He's only 24 years old. And, and, and he'll be a UFA too, so you still kind of have like you have more control over his, uh, where he goes. For the right price, I, 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 I'd say go in and, and, and why not? Yeah, I mean, it's a guy if they want to add somebody. So <clears throat> I do think, you know, the Ducks will be looking at some stuff. I mean, obviously these names are coming up. A couple forwards are coming up. Um, they have these issues now. Like we said, Jones being out for a while. Um, given the big pass on Volkov. Um, I, I don't know if Milano's in the doghouse or not too now all of a sudden I, I like I said I thought he looked good in the limited action but I, I would definitely keep an eye on this team for something to happen um, maybe not this month or next month but especially when we get closer to the trade deadline so there you have it the Ducks names still out there and all these players and whatnot and uh, uh, we just keep you updated when we hear the rumors we'll throw them out there and tell you what we think and you know what would be a good option or not so um, that's that's where the Ducks are at right now. Um, if you also got, uh, we'll give a little bit of update here real quick on um, San Diego. Um, you know, if, if you're disappointed in the way the Ducks are playing, uh, you might not want to watch the goals right now because uh, they, they've lost their first three games, unfortunately, and they've they've been getting blown out. Uh, they they lost to the Rain twice, five to two and five to one. They lost to Stockton Heat six to two. Um, and it's just been rough. Uh, you know, we talked about Volkov. He had one assist in two games down there. It sounds like he doesn't want to go back down there. Look, maybe he's going to end up in the KHL and have some kind of deal worked out there. But uh, it's just been rough, Eddie, for the goals. I mean, uh, you know, it's funny how last season, you know, the goals were rocking and rolling. But they also had, you know, Drysdale Zegers down there for part of the season, then back with the Ducks, and now they're with Anaheim. So, I hope that's not the trend because I like watching goals games too. But uh, just it's been a rough start for them. Yeah, not good at all. Hopefully something will change and they'll uh, 
they'll make some tweaks down over there and, and players will start stepping up and, and our goalies will probably play a little bit better too but obviously you're you're zero three to start the season and you're getting blown out these three games it's something definitely has to change and it sucks to see the the goal struggling so bad but at least both teams aren't struggling as bad so that's something a silver lining i guess yeah exactly and i mean it's early too you know and, and don't forget you know some other players could be sent back down there. I don't know. Milano goes down there and tears it up. I don't know. <laughs> I'm kind of bitter about Milano being sent down, if you guys have, can't tell. but um, So that's where the Ducks are at uh, right now. Um, like we said, overall, I, I think it's going to be a fun season still. They're going to be competitive. I would watch the trade uh, world, see what happens, uh, what's going to go on coming up here. And uh, we'll wrap up. We have the, the league news section uh, not too much to cover this time around, but uh, uh, the fan favorite, Evander Kane, is in the league news again. Um, uh, again, we talk about the Ducks, and uh, I, I love how our team doesn't have a lot of drama because uh, San Jose is a hot mess right now, Eddie. Um, Vander Kane suspended 21 games without pay. Um, he had a fa- uh, fake vaccine card. He also had a bunch of drama with, uh, I believe it was his ex, and then they said that was unfounded, and then gambling too. Is there anything else I missed, Eddie, with him? <laughs> yeah, I guess he was paying her to have abortions. Oh, then, that's like, right. The argument started because, like this, I the, the I guess the last abortion that she allegedly claimed that he's pay, was paying her for, he never paid her, and things like I, I don't know. This guy is a hot mess. Starting with his gambling, degenerate gambling problems, it, it just this this guy is just. He's just digging his own grave, and it's, I don't know, I really, I really hope, our sport doesn't need someone like this. Hockey does not need a, a player that's going to bring this much drama in the offseason. I get it, we all make mistakes here and there, but it's like, dude, one thing after another, after another, after another. It's, it's to the point where you had your issues going on in Winnipeg when you were over there. And then you had that that report in the athletic come out saying that like a few of the teammates didn't want to play, and they'd rather get traded than play with them, like... Obviously, dude, you need to really take this time, these twenty-one games, and really like change yourself, like fix your life. If not, then do something else besides hockey. Like you're a talented player, you have like so much talent, and you're acting like an idiot, and you're bringing uh, a, a pretty much a bruise to to our game. And it's just, it's it's not it's not good. I hope the guy this guy gets the help that he needs, and like really just trends upward and fixes himself because it's just. It seems like he's incorrigible with, with like, every season something with the stacks of money or like I said the sweats in Winnipeg or showing up late or it's just like dude like come on you're a professional athlete get that professionalism and start like really treating that word well, we're supposed to come first and be professional not just being an athlete or an asshole I'll say that too yeah I I I, I don't know it, it's just you have to just shake your head at this what what a mess. Thank God he's on the Ducks. Um, yeah, and, and and thankfully we don't have those kind of problems, right? We're here talking about you know trying to score five on five and and <laughs> things like that. We're not talking about off ice drama. Thank God with this team. So yeah, it's it's just not a good situation. San Jose is imploding right now uh, with that with him and all that kind of mess. I don't know you know what how that's gonna all get resolved but they got to figure out something i mean it's just there's just no there's nothing else to say it's just a hot mess and like you said he's, he's a jerk you know with all the, the he, i don't know he's just drama everywhere follows him so um that that's the latest on him um you've had what washington you've had uh ovi uh moves into fifth overtime uh all uh times uh goal scoring eddie i mean he's uh 
just keeps on rolling this guy yeah he's five goals in his uh in five games 10 points total he, he's just a beast he, he, I, I really hope he breaks Gretzky's record uh, I, Gretzky was always talking about uh, talking about him on TNT as well hoping that he breaks the record so he's just like we're just watching a history in the making is he, he he's gonna go down hopefully the the number one all-time uh, goal scorer ever, and like it's just crazy that I, I got to grow up watching this guy play, watching him score those electric goals when he was a rookie, and I got to see him play at Pepsi Center, at Honda Center. It's just he, he's probably one of my favorite players too. Just just how he loves the game so much, all the goals he's scored already. He still acts like he scored his first one. He gets so excited. He gets so animated. His teammates will score. He's excited for them. It's just it's one of those players. It's like. You can't hate this guy, and you you want to root for him, and you want to cheer for him, and I really hope he just continues this, and I really hope he breaks that record in the near future. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't care too much for the Capitals, but, I mean, Obi is Obi. I mean, he's a great player, great goal scorer. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, I've actually I've gone to D.C., and I watched them play a couple times, n- not recently, a few years back, and uh, it's it's always exciting to watch him in person, the things that he can do, so... Uh, he's going to just keep on rolling. If he breaks that record, that'll be amazing. Uh, another thing you brought up, you said, uh, I did not see this, but you saw this. There's a, like a documentary on Toronto that you said was on Amazon Prime. You want to talk a little bit about that? You said it was pretty, you know, worth watching, even if you're not a Maple Leaf fan. Yeah, it's cool. Like I'm a big-time hockey fan, and I love seeing like 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 anything hockey, and especially like behind the scenes. You just hear the players like just be themselves. Like you just show each like their personalities. You hear the coach, even though he's dropping a bunch of in, or, uh, MF bombs here and there. But that's how that's how they that's how they talk. They're hockey players. It was something really interesting. I I love seeing it, even though I'm not a Toronto fan either. But for, for some of you Ducks fans, uh, Freddie Anderson's on it too, so you get to see him. Um, it, it was just really it, it was cool to see something like this. I I really wish they would do it more often with more teams because it's 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 always fun to see i had a good time on it like i said i'm not a toronto fan but i, I sat there glued to it and i i binge watched it it's only like eight i think like six or seven eight maybe total episodes but it goes from like from when they uh when they're playing the regular season and it goes to the playoffs and then it goes when they uh when they actually lost the playoffs too so it's just it's something neat and something like a behind the scenes for fans so i i would suggest taking a look at it if you have amazon prime yeah, I haven't seen it, so I definitely want to check that out. It'd be cool if they did something like that for the Ducks, you know, have a little... I mean, they've done better on the social media this year with those little clips and stuff like that, but if they did something, uh, you know, more in-depth like that, Eddie, I, I think that would be... It'd be. Uh, I think a lot of you out there would appreciate it based upon what you're telling me about this Toronto stuff. Yeah, it's just fun seeing the, like their personalities. It's like sometimes you, 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 you forget to think that they're like normal human beings too because they're, they're professional athletes, but just like... Just how they talk and how, how they get along. It's like it reminds me of being in a beer league locker room or being with, with, with my army buddies. It's just joking around, having a good time. When it's time to get serious, they're serious. You, you can tell their passion for the game. I love seeing that. It's just it, it was really cool. I felt like a little kid watching it, like like, like hockey again. Yeah, I, I I definitely think it's worth checking out. Um, so if you haven't, look for that on Amazon Prime. Uh, another, I guess the only other thing really to bring up here, we we're talking about the different programming, uh, for the games this season, some of the games, you know, being on TNT, uh, I, I heard some people complaining a little bit about the ducks because, you know, some of the games were on like Hulu and ESPN plus, uh, I've even seen some people, uh, they're not happy with Valley sports West, uh, compared to Fox sports West. 
Um, I, I noticed that the the guys aren't traveling with the team. I don't know if you if you've been watching all the pregames. They're at Honda Center in their normal spot. Um, I don't know what's going on with that. You know, with all the crazy rules in the world, or uh, just making it easier just to keep them here, or they have other obligations and things. I don't know what's going on as far as with why the broadcast team is where they are. Um, you know, with with Guy and Kent French and stuff like that uh, at Honda Center instead, but. But what's your take on all that? It seems like a lot of people aren't really happy with uh, the way all the setup's going as far as with, uh, especially with ESPN and Hulu. I I had a lot of people, I I noticed you guys are turning off the audio on those and then listening to Dan Wood and Steve Carroll on the radio instead, which I've done that before too. I thought that was kind of interesting. So like I said, I watch what you guys post and... um, it, it, it's interesting that uh, people aren't happy with some of the other announcers on the programs, Eddie. The ESPN one, when they had it on ESPN Plus and Hulu, that one game they had, it was terrible. Uh, it, it was really hard to listen to. I, I've, heard, I've read a lot of comments, too, of people saying they, they were just shutting it off or muting the TV. It was just that bad. I've never been a big fan of ESPN. I think they're trash, so that's just my, my personal thing on it. Um, and then The whole thing with Bally's, I know a lot of people are upset, is... You can only get it from a cable provider. Like I, I don't think they have a streaming service where you can actually like, like a YouTube TV or a Sling. So it makes it harder for fans. Like I, I'm paying for my cable, and it, I feel like I'm wasting money because I'm paying just for for one channel basically. I'm paying for Bally's, and I pay the extra sports package for uh, for 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 NHL Network. But it just feels like a waste to me because I'm spending like 140 bucks for this cable package for just to enjoy two channels and and Wi-Fi. But I mean, obviously Wi-Fi can, you can get cheaper. It's just and it seems like it's unfair and it alienates fans. I know a lot of people aren't able to watch because they can't afford that that expensive bill. And it's just you want to grow the game and you want to make uh, get more uh, get more of a fan base and expand. But then these networks are making it so hard for you to do, and and, and they're blaming each other. It's like you have the team blaming this, or it's a streaming fault. It's like it's their fault. It's like no, come on. This is where the league has to step in and figure out this problem. Like hockey, if you want it to expand, you want it to grow, you should make it as easy as to watch any other sports. Every Sunday, you can turn on football, get into every channel. Like basketball, my buddy has basketball on all the damn time. Like yeah, he has to watch his Lakers uh, on the, the same situation I do. But it's like all those other sports that make it more accessible and easier to watch. Baseball, even soccer. I'll go and walk in bars and see soccer on. I, I go try to find a hockey game. It's like jumping through hoops. I, I wish they would do something different. Uh, I, I They probably won't. It's all about the almighty dollars. So they don't really care about that. But I wish they would stand their ground and, and really say how they want to grow the game but actually back it up. So I'll start complaining about that. I'll leave it off on a positive note. I, I was actually shocked and surprised how good NHL on TNT was. It was fun seeing that program with uh, Gretzky on there, Paul Bissonnette. It, w- it was funny to see Charles Barkley. I'm not the big basketball fan, but I know who he is. He's out there playing in net. Gretzky's sniping pucks behind him. It was just a fun dialogue. It, it, it was. I was really surprised. I wasn't expecting anything from TNT. But I was really, really surprised of uh, how good they were and how good the... The commentary was and everything. It, it was fun and exciting. Yeah, I'm with you. I I, I don't mind the TNT. I, I'm I'm good for that. But I, I'm with some of the rest of you out there on the other ones. Uh, I've done that before too, where I'll turn off the audio and then just listen to Dan Wood and Steve Carroll. I mean, to be honest, you know, 
I will. I mean, we send in our duck cues too. I know Eddie sends in some. I send in some. I know some of the other people on staff do too. So it's good to listen to those. I know some of you have, have sent me messages about that as well. You know, and I just try to send in some kind of question that, you know, they won't they won't discuss controversial things like we will, but I'll at least try and send in some questions about the play and get their opinions and whatnot. So I, I have big props for them. Um, just wrapping up the show here. Uh, just one other question I wanted to clear up. As far as I know, re- researching everything, I had uh, Gracken13 ask on Instagram about Honda Center as far as providing the medical records and going to games. I, I know a lot of people are upset about this. I, I'm not going to get into political scientific debate or anything about that. I, I don't have time for that. Um, it's kind of a waste of my, my time and your time. But as far as what is going on in California, as of right now, you have to show a vaccine card or negative test through November 1st uh, for indoor events at Honda Center. Um, that's the rule as of this time. I double-checked it while we're recording. It may change. It may get extended. It may go away. I don't know. But um, that's where we're at now. So I know some people were asking that. Um, that's just the, the situation as it is for now. So hopefully by November 1st, it'll go bye-bye. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, also, I had some of you ask about watch parties too. Uh, I'm not sure yet if we're going to do that or not. I'm going to figure that out and see. Uh, it's just kind of the state of the world and the way things are uh, and how everybody feels. Uh, I'm going to look into that. We may or may not ramp those back up again. Um, so I'll let you know on that. And then uh, we had a couple sponsors uh, to, to bring one to bring back and a new one. Uh, we're still uh, working with buckedup.com. You can get 20% off if you use the code DNP93. Uh, and I'll let, I have not used that. So, Eddie, I will let you talk about that and then I'll talk about the next one. So, what's your, what is your experience with Bucked Up and why do you like it? Oh, I, I love their pre workout. Uh, I, I love it. Um, it gets me going. Like, I, I work out a lot and now my, my schedule's freaking crazy right now. I work, I'm doing this uh, full time training uh, for cybersecurity. That's taking a lot out of me. So it's like I'll use their uh, I'll use your pre workout like stuff and it gets me going. It forces me to go to the gym. I'll keep a I'll keep a, a, a can in my car. I have a shaker in there and when I'm lazy, I don't feel like it. I'm just tired. I just I pour it in and I, I'm so wired. I, I it forced me to go to the gym. And one thing I've been using too is called Hardcore Heat. It really gets you sweating. It, it really like pumps up your body temperature to burn that fat and you're just like dropping that that sweat too. So I feel good when I do that. Get a nice little sweat when i'm working out uh they have other products too to use they have like bcas if you want to keep yourself hydrated especially if you're drinking and, and like you hate hangovers i'll try to add some bca mix uh and, and like cups of water while i'm drinking so it helps with the hangover so they have different other products you can try and you can use uh, you you get about 20 i do i want to say it's 25 percent off and free shipping if you use ducks and pucks at 93 so you should go ahead and check them out. You, you can't go wrong with that, especially if 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 you love working out or if you're new at working out or if you want to, you, you want to change it up and, and go to the gym here and there. It's an extra little boost that helps you, and, and I like it, and sometimes I need that extra boost. So, Yeah, and, it, and it's if you're not a fan of the you know energy drinks per se and stuff like that and you want something that's going to give you a boost that way, that's another way of doing it. And another thing that we came across uh, that I started using, it's a, a kind of a newer multivitamin. If you take multivitamins out there and you're big on that, you know, a lot of obviously discussion about health and, and things like that in the last uh, two years. But uh, there's one called Z-Stack. 
it's uh, it's nothing to do with Trevor Zegers. It's some it's a, doc, it's, a, it's, a, it's not related to him, but it's a, a another doctor uh, that has put together a pill that's uh, a multivitamin of vitamin C, D. Uh, zinc and quercetin and it's all in a pill and you can get it so well, what i'm going to start doing i probably should have done this a long time ago but i'll put the links to our our uh, sponsors that we work with in there um uh in the comments like on youtube and whatnot and one other thing i didn't really talk about um uh, uh, programming note and whatnot with our show is we're on a whole lot of other platforms now um our, our one of our hosting sites is podomatic as you know i i lost track but they um now hosts through a bunch of other websites so we've expanded that so you can check us out on on i don't even remember there's so many i have to go back and look them up but we're also on rumble.com uh which is similar to uh youtube as you all know but it's got less commercials and whatnot so if you haven't listened to us there and you're tired of all the ads and whatnot on youtube you can go to rumble.com just type in ducks and pucks will be on there and like i said for these sponsors and other sponsors i'll put the links and what the deals that they offer and things like that um, in the description boxes and, and whatnot so you can check those out. So And also, if you have any ideas, if there's other uh, people that want to sponsor or, or there's other platforms that you want to see us on or whatnot, please let us know and send us messages and whatnot. So um, we're trying to do the show each week. Eddie and I have been really busy. Uh, we'll try and get back on that schedule. If not, it may be every two weeks, but uh, we'll be here throughout the season. Keep covering everything. We appreciate all your questions. And uh, let's go Ducks.